0: On this episode of the Fifth Estate podcast, talk a little bit about Albo's housing co-contribution plan, a bit of a rant about our the, the evil Klaus Schwab, uh, about the AEC's jab requirement, and a comment on the word that's now being banned in New South Wales. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show. everyone, and thank you for joining me here on this episode 40 of the 5th Estate Podcast. Now, for those, what's today? Sunday the 1st of May, and the Australian Labor Party has launched their campaign in WA. Wonder why they didn't do it in Victoria or Queensland. So anyway, um, that's a bit of an interesting discussion there. So, I thought I'd start this one by having a bit of a talk about uh, the Labor Party's plan to subsidise the uh, housing prices for a select group of people. Uh, now, it's it's come out that the Labor Party, one of the promises made by elbow to get him elected into government is that, where is it? Um... I can't find it now. Anyway, they were going to um, subsidise houses by about 40% for new ones and up to 30% for established houses. Obviously, the from what I've been able to see, that the uh, amount uh, that the government is going to co-contribute is varies upon states. Uh, but either way, that it's going to be that uh, the the government's going to fork out some. Now, I've got the link somewhere and I just can't find it in the gazillion op- uh, tabs that I have open at the moment. Um, oh, Here we go. Uh, the policy, the announcement came days, blah, 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 blah. Okay, under the policy, a Labor government would contribute up to 40% of the purchase price of a new home and up to 30% of the purchase price for an existing home. In Sydney and New South Wales regional centres, the property price would be capped at $950,000 and could save home buyers up to $380,000 on a new house and two hundred and eighty five dollars on an existing house. In Victoria, in Melbourne and Victorian regional centres, the property price cap is eight hundred and fifty. dollars which would save people up thirty-four thousand on a new house and two thirty-four three hundred forty thousand on a new house and two hundred fifty-five on an existing home. Now it does say people will be able to buy out the government stake of the house over time. Though what it does mention as well is that it will labour the government will get their kickback once the homes get sold. Um, uh, so they any capital gains that they're looking at uh, getting that, and I can't find that bit where it tells exactly how it is. Um, Though, to qualify, where is it? There you go. The home buyer would need to have a 2%, have a deposit of 2% and qualify for a standard home loan with a lender to finance the remainder of the purchase price. Now, mm, um, it's interesting. Uh, So is that going to be a good thing or a bad thing? My thoughts are obviously everything that the government sticks their hands into or their fingers into through subsidies increases the price of it. Look what happened when uh, the Victorian government decided to offer free rents for uh, everyone in Victoria or people in Victoria and schools and all that sort of stuff. The price went through the roof. The other thing that we need to be aware of is with the government owning up to 40% of your house what's going to happen if you decide to upgrade the house or what's going to happen if you default on the loan and because there's been another mandate that's come down through a dictatorial state premier and you're out of a job, what's going to happen then? Does the government come after you for the money that they've invested in your house or do they take it out of the house price when the bank forecloses on it and then sells it again? Um, That's the thing. Now, also, onto that bit as well is that it's, you know, this this isn't a good thing. Um, regardless of what people are saying, this cannot and is not going to be a good thing that is going to help um, any Australians at all. Now, it has, what were they saying, it was limited to uh, 10,000 people. Um, yeah, the, the scheme will be available for up to 10,000 households a year Uh i yeah, it, it's going to be dubious um single income i think was if you're earning up to 90k a year you may qualify for it if you have the two percent finding uh funding uh, for a deposit etc cetera, etc cetera. um the other thing that you need to be aware of is remember the world economic forum have their plan of by 2030 you will own nothing and you'll be happy about it is this a way to do it um, what's going, you know, what's the, the payback rate? Is it going to be just a dollar for dollar or are they going to charge interest on that little bit of money that you have sitting in your, that they have sitting in your house? Um, what's going to happen when the government debt, when it comes to a time where the government can't pay their debt back? Is it going to be that the government is going to foreclose on their contribution in your house and say, well, hey, we own 30% of your house? We need that 30% back now. You've got to pay for it. Or what happens if you never sell your house? Uh, and then it goes on to your, to your kids or, you know, gets willed to your kids, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what's going to happen then? You know, is that going to be another tax? I mean, and and that's it. There's just so much stuff here that is going to go wrong that, you know, yeah, it, it, it's going to be more headache than it's worth. And plus, okay, looking at the new houses – that, okay, they're going to contribute for up to 40% for a new house, they're going to want to make sure, Is it? are they going to turn around and say it has to be union labour, it has to be products made, quote-unquote, made in Australia, which we know come from China and it's just assembled in Australia, or are they going to turn around and say you have to have this standard of products, you know, and, yeah, it, it's, it's not a good thing. Um, yeah, just government's... Getting involved in private ownership of things never works out well. I don't care whether it's been done overseas and and people say so, oh you know, it's been successful overseas. Well, we've never really had governments anywhere in the actually no we have once before uh, and that didn't work out well for anyone. Um, that with the way that they are now. Um, so I'll leave that to you to make up your own decisions on on when that period of time is or was. Uh, but yeah, this. It's not going to work out well for anyone and, you know, ultimately it's going to be the taxpayer that pays for it. So if they're going to contribute, you know, 10,000 houses every year, then, you know, that's more money that's got to be funded in the budget. So how are they going to find that? Are they going to tax us more or are they going to print more money? And if they're printing more money, what's that going to do for inflation? And it's going to push house prices up because everything else goes up. So they're going to index that every year or is it going to be something that just stays at that level so then there's a massive creep and all of a sudden it, it ends up being that the only thing that a person can buy with this co-contribution is a single, you know, is a one bedroom unit somewhere out in whoop whoop uh because they can't get into the housing market and yeah so it's it it's not going to be a good thing. It's yeah it it's not going to well end up well for anyone. So but anyway, uh I think it just reaffirms why uh we shouldn't be voting for these major parties. Actually, now sp- speaking of that, there was a tweet, a tweet, a tweet put out by Australian Labor that because it's May Day today, and which is obviously May the first, and it was by Australian Labor, and it said, um, "Let me find it. Let me find it." Here we go. Australian Labor put out, happily May Day. Labor stands for all who work with an exclamation mark, vote Labor. Now, let's remember, for those of us in Victoria, we know that Labor does not stand for all who work. Labor stands for nothing. What they actually do stand for is their, uh, let's say, Klaus Schwab and their other cronies in Davos who the the, the elite um, evil class in Davos, who are members of the World Economic Forum and other organisations organizations such as the United Nations. That's who they stand for. They don't stand for the working class anymore. They don't stand for Australians anymore. They don't stand for anyone apart from themselves. And now let's just make it clear it's not just the Labour as well. It's also the Liberal Party, the National Party, the Greens, uh, and even some of these, um, let's say, faux independents who are running all over the place. Uh, what, what are they called? The, the the Teal independents who are funded by um, some, other, some other multi-billionaire or millionaire or whatever he is, uh, to pretend that they are independent. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a thing. The, the, the evil class do not stand for us anymore. Um, the only one who will stand for us is ourselves and this is why we need to get government out of our lives. We need to vote responsibly and to those uh, who will oppose what is coming around the corner. Now, this is the thing, you know, you'll find a couple of major, minor parties and a couple of independents throughout this campaign have been talking about Klaus Schwab, the Great Reset, and other international, um, unelected international bodies that influence the uh, decision-making processes of politicians in this country, both at the federal and the state level. That's who I'd be sending my votes to. Uh, I wouldn't be sending it to the, any of the major political parties, Um, You know, feel free to preference them third or fourth if you want, if you're still that, you know, wedded to the idea that you've got to vote a political party in. Uh, But, yeah, your primary candidate has to stay away from your primary candidate. Your primary vote has to stay away from them. Uh, If there's enough of a shift in the primary vote, then that's money that they lose. Uh, I think think it's $5 that your primary vote is. Um, Election funding. Uh, current election funding rate. Oh, there we go. Actually, it's $2.91.4 cents. Okay, so you get nearly three bucks. Every vote's worth three bucks. Uh, so, yeah, it's, mm, for every person that votes number one for these parties, they get $3 for your vote. Um, obviously that is if they form government or they get over a particular threshold, um, I think it's 4% uh, determining claim. Um, uh, there you go. Candidates who receive at least 4% of the total number of formal first preference votes in an election would automatically receive a $10,000 index payment without having to submit an election claim funding. Um, so, yeah, it's 4,000 four uh, percent is that so it's yeah uh, if you get over four percent of the vote then th- whoever they are then obviously then they get back you know just under three dollars for every first preference and that's why we need to change it because that's the only way that these parties are going to listen They're not going to pay any attention to them if you you know end up voting for them and think oh yeah, I'll get it because you know I'll vote for them because they listen to me Well, no, they don't they don't give a whoopty about you. It's yeah. The only way to do it is to vote them out and to make sure they lose a the primary vote. Um, so yes, it's 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 one of those things that hey, it, it needs to be done. Um, now talking about independence and all that sort of stuff. There was a uh, what was it? A couple of days ago, Morgan Jonas appeared on Neil Mitchell on what is he on? Three AW uh, and had a bit of a call in and a bit of a rant and all that sort of stuff. Now. Not sure what to make out of it now, Neil Mitchell. We we discussed this one on the uh, podcast that I did with uh, Damien Richardson and John McBride. Um, you know, Neil Mitchell's part of the establishment. He he wants to reaffirm the status quo because that's where government funding come from. You know, government government spending in the form of uh, election ads, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. They're going to do what they can to make it a receptive environment where the audience is likely to um, respond to the advertising that is put on. So whether it's it's uh, advertising for a liberal party or advertising for the labor party, watermelons, pardon me, whatever. So these people aren't going to push or educate the Australian voter that we don't need to vote for a political party. Uh, to form government we don't need that we don't need to vote for a pm because the pm is only there through convention not constitution and this is something that does frustrate me a lot same with the state systems is that the way our um, political system is set up is that we have a house of re- i'm talking about that at the federal level of Commonwealth. so we have a house of representatives we don't have a house of political parties so the idea is to vote your representative in who you think will be the the one who will represent your interests the best in canberra now you're not voting for a political party and it's, it's one of those things that, that bugs me no end oh, i have to vote labor because i don't like scott morrison well no you don't do that and the people who are, you can vote for Scott Morrison, is what is it, Cook, and the ones who vote for Albanese are the ones in whatever electorate he's in. Um, you know, your vote where I am in Scullin for the incompetent Andrew Giles isn't going to make any difference as to whether Scott Morrison or, or um, Anthony Albanese is able to stay in his seat. Though unfortunately what it does is if there's enough votes for these idiots from either party then whoever has the most in the house of reps is able to form government from that they appoint the leader of that party and then that party becomes the prime minister now remember the prime minister is only there through convention not constitution now by convention i mean through the systems of good governance now the constitution does allow for ministers of state so in effect the prime minister is just the most senior minister of state now the Prime Minister has no authority under the Constitution to do anything. And this is what people need to understand. That that responsibility is vested in the Governor-General or Parliament and with the Governor-General being the representative of our monarch. Now, the Republicans are going to get up, oh, you know, we need an Australian head of state. Well, do we really? You know, how is that going to make anything different? Um, and, yeah, so... But before I go on a rant about that, so this is the thing, is that, you know, you'll see from the the Labor Party and union propaganda is that the PM has one job and he's failed it. But what was his job really? What section of the constitution says what his job is? None. Uh, Because the PM's not mentioned in the constitution. Ministers of state are. So in effect... And the other thing too about ministers of state, they don't have to actually come from parliament. Um, I have mentioned it in a previous podcast, I can't remember which episode it was, um, where responsible government should actually be getting uh, ministers of state from outside of parliament. That way, you know, parliament isn't going to be informed by yes men or yes women uh, because, you know, the, the relevant ministers are going to do what and say whatever they can to keep their ministerial portfolio uh, and if we do it from outside and actual you know I will not say experts but people who actually are proficient in their field we may see things differently I mean you know whoever's in charge of the education portfolio were they a teacher same as the health look at industrial relations um, and all that sort of stuff so you know yeah it, it's it's one of those things the, the whole system is is broken it uh, needs a good shake-up and I think it needs, actually I wouldn't even say a good shake-up. I think it needs a good um, get the fire hose out and the bash broom and give it a good good sweep out, um, you know, pull the plug out and, and drain the billabong because it it does need to change this. There's, there's too much crap in there as it is and the the crap that's in there is just reaffirming the status quo. They become their own. Um, you know self-fulfilling prophecy or self um, um, you know be, because it's there they you know it's the same as the union movement and um, employer associations they always paint each other as a bad guy and that you know the only way you can fight the bad guys by joining us etc uh, etc et so they create their own um, self-propagating, whatever it is, like a trainium you know that it all just goes round and around and around and around and around. Um, and this is what governments do; they're not going to turn around and say, "Well, you know what? You don't need to invite for, to vote for this party because I want to keep the status quo." Um, but anyway, not. I won't have too much of a moral rant about that one. Um, now, they actually no, I will. Um, we've seen the Australian Electoral Commission uh, jump up and down about uh, electoral misinformation. Um, One of um, Pauline Hanson's Please Explain satirical cartoons has been um, pinged by the Electoral Commission for misinformation because it satirically indicated that the system was, the voting system was corrupt or crooked or something like that. Um, So they've pinged it and yet, you know, that gets a ping yet no one pings the... um, you know, the media for saying that we're not voting for a PM. You know, we don't get to vote for a Prime Minister. It's not who we want as our Prime Minister or anything like that. The Australian Liberal Commission stays silent on that because they want the status quo to continue as well, whereas um, people that are casting doubt on that are um, chastised and, and told off. So, yeah, it does cast doubt um, about the whole process. Now, I was listening to uh damien richardson's little talk at the start of the protest in melbourne yesterday and he did make an interesting comment uh he said um you know we've got red for labor party and blue for liberal party national party and you combine it together and you get purple and what's the color of the australian electoral commission purple um, never never thought about that one before and, and, you know what, there it is. So, you know what, they're a blend, you could argue, because it's been shown that the Australian Electoral Commission is a blend of both parties because they want that two-party preferred system to survive uh, because that's how they keep their funding and all that sort of stuff. So, um, with that, uh, the there's been a lot of talk about the... Uh, requirement from the Australian Electoral Commission for um, scrutinies to be jabbed. Now, they did respond to that um, by having a go at... um, Here we go. Uh, ...by Alexandra Marshall on uh, Twitter... Um, she said, why do the AEC spend all day trolling Twitter? That doesn't seem like a good use of taxpayers' money. The AEC has turned around and said, you don't have to like our approach to social media, but it's just one of the many ways we operate to share facts about voting and combat electoral misinformation. Actually, no, that's not the one I was looking for. I was looking for the one um, where it was about the... um, the tweet um, that they put down, AEC, bat um, vaccinations. Um. Oh, I can't find it. Um that it wasn't a political decision. I've got to find it. They've said that it wasn't political uh, by mandating the jabs. Um, I can't find it. Um, Ah, here we go. Um, So the Australian Electoral Commission came back and said... um, that it was the biggest um, movement or something since um, peace, whatever the crap it was, um, you know, non-wartime movement of organisation of staff, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, So they've said, we've been monitoring the COVID-19 situation closely and consulted with state, territory and federal health authorities. The last 18 months have shown us anything, that this pandemic has been unpredictable and that vaccinations provide a level of safety for everyone. Well, no, they don't. Um, and it's that um, they don't they, – They it doesn't provide protection for anything. So they're saying it wasn't a political um, decision yet there's no federal requirement for people to be vaccinated to work as a federal politician uh, – you know, as a federal employee – Uh, yet they've decided that, no, they're going to go by what the states say. So this is, it is a political decision, regardless of of how they try to spin it, they've made the political decision because they want to um, disadvantage or hamper as many of the people who are likely to avoid voting for the major parties as possible. Now, it's regardless of whether, you know, you've been jabbed, you've had your one jab, your two jabs or whatever it is or you just don't feel comfortable handing over your medical information anymore. This is what they're doing. They're turning and saying, well, no, if you're not going to do that, then, you know what, that's it. You can't come and be a scrutineer for that. Um, it's, yeah, so... You know, it is. It is definitely a political decision, and they're doing it to, uh, let's say, um, to to make. Is it to reinforce things? Well, I'm not going to say that. You know, uh, the elections have been corrupted, uh, but you never know what it is. Um, yeah, it's it's it is it is one of those things where it is dubious about what's going on, um, but, yeah, it, it's one of those things. I think we've never seen an election quite like this one. Um, admittedly, we've never been in a situation quite like this one. Uh, so, yeah, it's, yeah it is yeah, it is one of those, let's say, unprecedented times that uh, everyone likes talking about. Um, so, yeah. Um, oh, boy. Um, okay. Uh, I, I don't know how to respond to this. So have't just popped up on my Twitter feed now. Unfortunately, it was posted by Elbo four hours ago and and through the Twitter algorithms I've seen it just now. Um, Labor will make gender pay equity an objective of the Fair Work Act. Now, how are they going to do that? Now, remember, this isn't pay equality. This is pay equity. Um, uh, Yeah, it's, this is going to be dangerous for, okay, so he, he turns around and says, we need to fix the persistent structural barriers that prevent so many women securing decent jobs and careers and financial security over the course of your lives that will be a fo- key focus of government that i lead um y- y- oh mate i've i've got no like eh, um yeah it, it, how can, how can they do that unless they're going around saying that oh you know no actually they probably will Equity, it, it's one of those bad things. And I mean, just to make it clear that there is no job in that is, that is covered by a modern award. There is not one job out there that pays males different to females. Now, for anyone to claim that there is, is outright lying to you and that the pay discrepancies or differences come in for those non-award positions now that relies solely on the negotiating negotiating part of the prospective employee. Now if employee A is willing to do a particular job for you know 120 grand a year yet employee B isn't they will turn around and say well no you know what I want 150 grand if you're not going to pay me 150k I'm not going to do it. So then they walk away. Now you know what could employee A be a male or female? Employee B the same? Well, it just depends. It, it doesn't matter. It, it's just a particular job, and it's for those outside of the award system, where the negotiations and all that sort of stuff come in. So, yeah, it's 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 going to change everything. Um, does this come into into line with the Great Reset? Probably going to further divide us. Um, yeah, it's yeah. I think, as I've said before, the decision on who you vote for in May will depend on how quick you want the Great Reset to come in. Um, If you want it in one to three years, definitely go ahead and vote ALP Greens. If you want maybe, you know, 10 years, vote for Liberal and National Party. If you want it never, vote for those who are actually opposed to it. And by opposed, I mean those who mention it all the time and say No. That Klaus does not have a seat in Parliament, so whatever Klaus says, he can just write as many books about it as he wants. He can hold as many talks about it as he wants. He doesn't get to say what happens in this country called Australia at the state or federal level um, for that. So, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's one of those things that it is interesting that we we need to be aware of um, what. The, the politicians are talking about. Now, actually, while talking about Klaus, um, how long does this go for? 25 seconds. Let's just have a little bit of a listen to this and then it's... Yeah, he, where is he? Um, he's talking to one of his advisors. I'm not sure where it is but there's a world Economic Forum crap in the background and all that sort of stuff. So let's have a listen. Can you imagine that in 10 years when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our uh, brains and... Um, I can immediately feel because you all will have implants I can and we measure your your brain waves and I can immediately tell you how the people react or I can feel uh, how the people react um, to your answers uh, now I don't know man it's 10 years 10 years he wants implants in everyone's head or brains um it's Holy smoke. Now, remember, this is, yes, it's just his thoughts and everything like that. Though remember, the World Economic Forum has people everywhere. He has boasted about infiltrating the Canadian cabinet a number of times. Um, we have so many people in the young global leaders. Um, okay, let's see, how many are in Oceania? Um, Community, region, Australia, Australasia and Oceania. Okay, obviously, Jacinda Ardern, she's a young global leader. Um, Andrew Bragg, Senator for New South Wales. Uh, Is he Liberal or Labor? I think he's Labor. No, my apologies, he's Liberal. So, um, Bragg is a young global leader. Um someone from 5HVC, um, CEO of Lendel, Sendle in Australia is that, um, director of Cosgrave and Partners in New Zealand. Um wing commander and pilot from the RAAF is a young global leader. Um an MP in New Zealand is part of it. The coup for MCI, which is mineral carbonisation international, Australia is a member. Sarah Hansen-Young is a member. Um, He's on page two. Um, Soho Partners, uh, anyone else? The pro-chancellor of the University of Sydney is. Um, The General Secretary, Kayla Murnane. Uh, she's the General Secretary of New South Wales branch of the Australian Labor Party. She's a young global leader. Claire O'Neill, uh, member for Hotham in the Parliament of Australia. Ooh. Honestly, I, I think she's Liberal as well. No, she's Labor. Okay, so Claire so okay, there's that. Melanie um, Perkins, the CEO of Canva. Is um, Simon Sheik, uh the managing director of Future Super. He's a young global leader. Uh, who else is there? Um, someone from Papua New Guinea, chairman of the board from Paradise Feuds. Um, as I mentioned, they've taken Grace Tame off there. Um, not sure why. Um, so Claire O'Neill, shadow minister for senior Australians and aged health, uh, aged care services, federal member for Hotham. She's a young global leader. Um, It just infiltrates people everywhere. And this is what we need to be aware of is that there's not one party that is uh, better than the other. They're all the same. Um, So, yes, it's it's one of those things that I think we need to be aware of and wake up and start – getting out there and opposing uh, what the World Economic Forum is doing, uh, those who support it and everything like that. Um, So yeah, now, final thing, um, segueing into the last bit. Uh, Where are we? Okay, now, a word has been banned in New South Wales. uh, An inclusion training seminar... um, where is it? New South Wales Department of Printer and Cabinet conducted a series of diversity and inclusion consultations this week. The program listed a number of workplace changes, including bans on drinking alcohol in the office, young yelling at colleagues, and gossiping about staff. The seminars are estimated to cost pay, taxpayers $202,000. Some ministers have criticised the respective work consultation, labelled them as PC insanity straight out of 1994 and mumbo-jumbo. Now... What they've done is banned the word banned the use of the word mate. Uh where does it say? Doesn't say what the word is. Ah, Daily Telegraph. Um Uh, Office banner or Gossip is also a Um, no-no. Several participants took issue with a suggestion the word mate might be used as offensive. Um, So this is how bad we've got down the diversity, inclusion and equity um, road that you can't say mate. Now, I think that has to be one of the uh, most Australian words that you can think of out there, yet uh, they've just decided that, no, you can't use the word mate. Um, so it's it's gone. I mean, I think with as things are going at the moment, this country is swirling around the, the top of the drain, um, depending on how people vote, Come May, she may be tinkering on the edge, but definitely comes down to how they vote in November. Uh, I think if, uh, you know, if um, Morrison is able to retain government, I hope it's a minority government where he has to get the support of um, at least someone who is not from the established parties and I hope he has a hostile Senate. Uh, I'm not talking about a full Labor Greens-controlled Senate. I'm talking about a um, cross-bench uh, controlled Senate. And I hope he has a hostile one there, where he's actually got to start doing things uh, for the betterment of the country and opposing things. Um, same as if if Elbo wins. I mean, like honestly, if Elbo is able to form government and La- Liberal, uh, the Labor Party. Is able to form government whether on their own in their own right or with the help of the greens even though that they've said that they're not going to negotiate with the greens now we know that that's um you know it's a, an electoral promise so when it comes rubber meets the road it's not likely to be something they're going to stick by uh who was john howard said there's core promises and non-core promises core promises you don't break non-core promises you can Um, is this a core promise from Albo or is this a non-core promise from Albo and his team? Uh, So, yeah, I think if we have a Labor federally, um, you know, and for the couple of months that they're in, I think the country is going to go downhill quickly until we can vote the Labor Party out of uh, Victoria. And then from there, uh, you know, we may be able to have, um, hopefully the state has uh, enough... Of a, um, a let's say I won't say pro freedom, but um, um, pro pro population feel about it that they will have fights with the Commonwealth. And I think that's what they should be doing all the time, testing everything that the Commonwealth does. Um, you know, we're, we're paying through the nose for consultant fees and lawyers fees and all that anyway. So, you know, what why not chuck a couple more in there and challenge the the Commonwealth on everything? And that's coming from. Uh, you know the grants that they provide from education to the prohibition on uh, nuclear energy in this country um, you name it uh, so yeah I, I you know i want a state parliament that will fight with the commonwealth over things over everything because the commonwealth the the australian constitution clearly says and clearly defines what the commonwealth can and cannot pass laws relating to now there's been so many laws that have been passed that are outside of that that it should be challenged and it needs to be challenged because, um, you know, the, the states need to be put back in their place and so does the the federal government. They both need to be put back in their respective places because they've got too big, got involved in too much of our lives and, you know, they, they need, um, you know, a, a good wrap across the knuckles to get them, focused back on what they're supposed to be doing and that is um, you know, protecting uh, our rights that we have, that we have in our, what is it, inalienable in, in rights, not the things that the government decides to give us but those ones that were bestowed upon us by um, our creator, whoever you think that that is, uh, the government doesn't give us rights because if the government gives us rights, they can take them away whenever they want and... It's that. So these rights are here. They've been given to us by whoever, as I said, whoever your respective creator is. Um, from that, so the the governments are supposed to be there to protect it. Um, oh, and actually, talking about that, um, Lisa Neville did a nice little tweet um, over the weekend. She was out at. Um, The Police Academy, um, because there was a mass graduation there and it is, uh, the the tweet was, this is a well-deserved celebration of all our graduates' hard work and dedication to serve the Victorian community and wish them all the very best for their careers. Now, the Victoria Police do not serve the Victorian community. Um, They may have in the past but they are not serving our community now, the Victorian community. What they are doing is serving their masters in Spring Street and their masters in Spring Spring Street are serving the elite uh, in Davos uh, for that. So, yeah, I, I certainly hope when the state election comes that we take a big bash broom to Spring Street, sweep all the crap out of Parliament, both houses, and started fresh um, for that. So, but anyway, um, yeah, I think I might might leave that one there now. But yeah, it, it's it is the thing. Just people wake up and and stop being distracted by all the crap that goes on, whether it's um, you know comments made by some liberal party hopeful somewhere else in the world, uh, somewhere else in in the country, uh, or anything like that. It's yeah, it, it's something that you've 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 got to wake up and realise that you're being distracted. Um, those comments are just there to distract you from what's going on, and that is that it's up to um, it's up to us to turn around and say that no, we don't want Davos controlling our life. We don't want the UN controlling our lives. We don't want them having any impact in our lives. And the only way to do that is to not vote one for these buffets. Um, So yeah, but anyway, um, I think I might end that one there. Um, we'll try and get another podcast out tomorrow. Um, might be a bit later on, uh, see how I go and all that sort of stuff. So um, thank you for listening and look forward to having – oh, before I do, keep forgetting. Um, I would really, really appreciate it if you could uh, give this podcast the mandatory five stars – on your relevant uh, podcast platform. It does help other people find it. It helps me uh, know that you're listening to it uh, and all that sort of stuff. I do have um, for the the coming week, uh, I think there's one next week, so it might be the next weekend. Uh, But anyway, over the coming weeks before the election, uh, there is going to be uh, some uh, interviews with the candidates in Scullin. A couple have got back to me, a couple have said that they can't do it, uh, and I've been ignored by the majors, which is ex- expected. Uh, haven't given up yet, so I will be contacting them personally, uh, giving them phone calls and all that sort of stuff to see what's going on. So, but anyway, as I said, five stars, comments, and please share these podcasts and other episodes uh, far and wide. So, Uh, more people can understand and get an idea of what's happening to politics and everything in this big country of ours. So as I said, once again, thank you very much for listening and I look forward to having having you join me on the next one. Bye for now.